situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey by two ways. One passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And you know, as we uh, sit here and focus on our most serious set of takes that exist in the world of sports, some of them are kind of cyclical. Some of them kind of work themselves back into the mix. And I focus a little bit last couple weeks or so, paying a little more attention to basketball and hockey than I've been baseball since there really isn't anything going on in the world of baseball. Obviously, NFL playoffs getting set. You will know the matchups um, by Sunday night. And following a, a, an exciting game between the Knicks and the Celtics, you watch uh, Boston up by 25 in a game. Evan Fournier, who was a former Celtic, seems to raise his game to a ridiculous level every time he returns or plays against the Celtics again. And the Knicks win, of course, an exciting game on the buzzer beater by R.J. Barrett. Within that game, fans, certainly the triggered fans, were a little upset to see Julius Randle give the thumbs-down signal. After scoring a basket over the course of the game. And, you know, you, you know that this type of tension always exists, especially in New York, between the players and the fans. And the fans have certain rights where they feel like, you know, if if a player or a team is not getting a job done, if the results are not going the way that we expect them to go as fans, then we're going to let our displeasure come out. And we're going to make it known that we're unhappy. We're going to boo the players. Now, before I get into this, I want to make this very clear. That I respect and believe in the right of fans. As long as they're not doing anything, you know, physical. As long as it's not, uh, you know, an attack on the players. As long as you're not assaulting the players. As long as you're not throwing anything at the players. You have the right to express how happy you are or how unhappy you are. And this is something that it's not like it's it, it hasn't existed in a world of sports before. I'm not going to, you know, dumb it down to, to, to a point where we're talking about nothing here. But fans got the right, if they're not happy with the performance of their favorite team, to, to boo. Fans can boo. And I don't want anything that I'm about to get into get misconstrued when it comes to the rights of the fans to be able to act. As long as they're not a, a threat to the players, like I said, as long as it's not an assault situation where they're getting too close to them or throwing things at them, which I think is, is criminal and fans should be arrested and handled accordingly for that. You know, They shouldn't go on the field or on the court. But if they're not happy... They got the right to express how they feel. They got the right to vote. But that's as far as I'm going to go with it. Because it, you know, unless you're living under a rock over the last five years or so, you've seen a shift in society 
going away from structure and more into individuality. And it has changed not only a lot of the things that we see, but it's changed the world of sports. And particularly if you focus on the sport of basketball over the last couple years. You have a player in Brooklyn that decides he doesn't want to get vaccinated. It's his, his right, his choice. Millions of Americans have chosen not to get vaccinated. He doesn't want to do it. Well, uh, there are repercussions in the city of New York when it comes to being in closed settings, whether it's uh, businesses, establishments, arenas. And because of that, Kyrie Irving is not allowed to play home games in the city of New York. Can't play Madison Square Garden, can't play at the Barclays Center, which we all know is a common fact. But it is the choice of the individual to not do his job. Now, listen, Kyrie Irving's out there. He's playing road games now. And obviously, you saw him on a court the other day. You know, he's still an incredibly talented NBA player. But the individual personal decision that Kyrie Irving has made is impacting whether he's playing professional basketball, a sport, and a job in which he is getting paid for. You, you stray away from that a little bit more, and we talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons wasn't happy that fans were upset at him. Um, they didn't like the fact, fans didn't like the fact that he dribbled the ball to the basket, and instead of putting it in the basket, he kicked it out and passed it to one of his teammates. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers, even though he's under contract for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I feel a little differently about that than I do with Kyrie Irving. I respect Kyrie's right to choice. But Ben Simmons is a player for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Sixers are allowing him to be a star, one of the top players on that team. And he has abandoned them. He's decided that he didn't want to play. And if you look at some of the things that have happened with Kawhi Leonard, it's hard to be critical of him right now because he's going through a major knee injury. He had a major operation. The likeliness was that he was going to be out for this entire season. So he's quiet. He uh, doesn't speak very much. He doesn't let very much from his inner circle go out into the general public. And because of that, it's going to bother some people. But within that, it's going to cause some people to judge him over whether he really wants to play basketball. He's got the situation on his back and on his resume over what happened with San Antonio with the Spurs. He had an injury or didn't have an injury or wanted to play for the coach, didn't want to play for the coach. But a situation that was there that didn't didn't look too good for him. Went to Toronto, won an NBA championship, signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. He's been injured. And injuries are a part of sports. But you know, when you think of the individuality of NBA players, it's hard to throw any sort of major structure in there outside of simply obeying the law. You know, your job is to go out there and play basketball, okay. Um, as long as you're not doing anything that defies the rules of the league or the rules of the country, you're free. But what in basketball exists that's going to keep a player from expressing their displeasure from their own fans booing them? 
Listen, I could do a whole hour talking about how this makes the fans look, but that's not my particular point in this individual show. It's how the so-called thumbs-down mentality may be something that wins and the athletes come out ahead and the fans lose over a period of time. And I think it's centered around the lack of structure getting replaced with individuality. You can't tell a player right now that they're going to sit there and take booing, uh, poor treatment, hatred from their own fans while they're trying to do their job. Now, is it going to be some sort of class action thing where everybody's going to uh, say, well, you know, no, no way we're going to do this. We're not going to play anymore. No, it's not going to get to that point. But I look at Julius Randle giving a thumbs down with, you know, the New York fans feeling like they control the players and, uh, you know, they're going to boo because they're unhappy. Well, you know, Julius Randle's got the right to not be happy with his home team fans booing him. Just like Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez and Kevin Pillar and the Mets got tired of hearing it from their own fans. You know, they're up against an opposition. They're trying to win. They got to go up against an opponent. They got to go up against the opponent's fans when they're on the road. The least they can ask for is a little bit of support from their own fans. Now, they may not they may not get it. They may not deserve it. Their play will warrant it. As you look at the hypocrisy of the New York Knicks game from yesterday, the same fans that were booing Julius Randle were, were, were hugging and kissing each other with their Julius Randle jerseys on when R.J. Barrett hit the last second shot to win a basketball game. We, we know that it's relative to the game. We know that it's not personal. Should anything change over the course of time, I think it's it's going to be a force change. Because I think what we're going to see over the period of the next couple of years, especially in the city of New York, I think more players are going to express themselves if and, and, and let themselves know that they're not happy if their fans aren't supporting them. Now, do they need them to? No. And I think in the end, you're going to see teams win. You're going to see teams win championships in spite of their fans. And I actually think that there is a wedge, especially when it comes to New York City and its fans and its teams, the wedge between the fans and the players is not going to work out well for the fans. I could imagine a team winning a championship, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, and having people all excited about this this parade that you're going to have, the Canyon of Heroes, and the players are going to walk away. The players aren't going to show up. So what does that do for fans? That means more ammo for fans to get pissed off? More ammo for fans to yell and scream? Listen, you got the right to boo. But like I said, this is a society that has changed from structure to individuality. And you, you get to a point where you're going to see so many more players speaking out against what they don't like to see, what you don't like to feel. And if Julius Randle doesn't like the fact that the New York City fans are booing him, then he could say that he's unhappy with it. He doesn't have to not say anything. And this is the thing that we're looking at from years ago. Years ago, the mentality was, you're supposed to just take it. Well, 
society is telling you the other way now. Society is telling you that you have to be more of an individual. Society is saying F you to the whole structure. Now, you may not agree with that change in society, but it correlates when we're talking about the world of sports. There's a change that is happening before our eyes. And I think the only people that are ignorant to it right now are sports fans. Sports fans are not seeing it. They're seeing the changes in every other way of their life. They're seeing all the structure that they're seeing getting passed with people's rights to say and do and feel whatever they want to do. Now, it doesn't apply to sports. Well, we're going to see a change. Like I said, fans won the battle when it came to Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez and the Mets. And fans might win the battle when it comes to Julius Randle and the Knicks. In the end, they're not going to win the war. And I do think fans, at the very least, I don't like I said, boo all you want. You got the right to express how you feel. But the players got the right to express how they feel too. And if the fans are going to make a pattern of consistently treating their players poorly, then it's going to lead to lingering effects that are going to happen later on when that team wins themselves a championship. Because you're changing it if you're the fans. Players say what? Hey, we win the championship for our fans. Well, what's the sense in winning the championship for the fans if the fans aren't there? The players go and they start to want to win the championship for themselves and say, F the fans. Maybe not actively. Maybe they don't go out there and they, they don't say it every game. Maybe they don't flip the fans a bird. Maybe they don't, you know, they're not Gary Templeton in 1981. You know, maybe they, maybe they keep it to themselves. But what's the difference? What's the difference in Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez and Kevin Pillar and Julius Randle holding the thumbs down in a general public where you could go out there and take a picture of it? Or what's the difference of sucking it up, not saying anything, but still letting it impact you like it is obviously impacting these athletes in the world of sports. And that's the only thing I'm going to throw out there. And Rob chimes in, you can't win that battle ever. You got to be smarter than that. I don't care who you are. You have to be able to control your emotions. And if you've listened to me, Rob, over the last couple minutes, I've spoken about the, the players and their ability to control their emotions that they want to. But even if they choose to do it, Rob, even if they choose to do it, they're building up negative feelings towards the fans that are only going to come to a boil and explode at some point. And my example is, let's say the Knicks go out there and they win the NBA championship. Let's say the PR director of the New York Knicks gets a hold of Julius Randle and says, listen, feel however you want. But it's just not good for the image of the team. And maybe you should curtail your emotions on this individual issue. It's not going to make Julius Randle not feel the way he feels. It's not going to make his fellow Knicks teammates feel the way they feel. Over some point, it's going to boil over. And let's say, hypothetically, this is the next year. I don't know. You've heard me speak a little bit on Eastern Conference and the NBA and you know, a lot of different things could happen. You think of Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks last year. Nobody thought they were going to make the run they did, and they and they did. 
The Knicks have some good structure. You know, structure is the word of the day here on the PBS. Uh, and, and let's say they go on a good playoff run. Let's say they make it to the NBA Finals, and let's say they win the NBA Finals. Julius Randle, maybe Mitchell Robinson, maybe R.J. Barrett, maybe Evan Fournier. They spend a lot of time together. Maybe they are upset about the way the fans treat them when times aren't right. New York City says, hey, we celebrate all our champions with a parade down the Canyon of Heroes. And you have that parade. Nobody for the Knicks shows up. Now, from a PR standpoint, all those same people that are going to blast the players for speaking up about something they don't like, all of a sudden individualism doesn't matter to them. It matters to them in their own personal life, but it doesn't matter in a role of that the athlete plays in the world. And that athlete continues to feel disrespected. And that athlete says, hey, listen, I won the championship for me. I didn't win it for the fans because the fans don't care about me. Now, do the fans have to care about them? No. When it comes down to it, do the fans have the right to boo if they want to? Yes. But you can't tell me that if a, pl- a player is bothered about it, if a player is pissed because they don't like the way they're treated by the fans, that they don't have the right to express themselves. Listen, I'm not saying go run our tests at the Palace at Auburn Hills and run into the fans and attack people. I'm not saying do that. Julius Randle doesn't like it. He's got the right to put his thumbs out. And you know what? This is going to become a rally cry for the Knicks. Listen, I think from a PR standpoint, they know that that would probably be a mistake. But you tell me that over time there isn't lingering hard feelings that exist because it doesn't exist in all markets of the country. Not every team goes out there and gets booed by their own fans. Now, some teams, some teams' fans are selective. We mentioned the situation with Gary Templeton in 1981. It was made out to be that Gary Templeton wasn't trying even though he was hurt. It wasn't a public thing. You didn't have Twitter back then. You didn't say, hey, Gary Templeton's nursing a hamstring injury and Whitey Herzog told him to take it easy. So the fans took it as Gary Templeton didn't care. Gary Templeton took some uh, ridicule from the fans, started yelling back. Yeah, Listen, I'm not asking for situations like that. I'm not asking for the players to take on the fans. But you tell me in a world where structure has gone by the wayside and has been taken over by individuality, you're going to tell me that a player has to shut up Every time fans decide to get on, especially their own home fans, which, like I said, I agree to disagree with you if you believe in booing. I don't believe in booing, but I understand its place in the world of sports. I understand that it's not going away. I understand that John Pielli on the Passball Show is not going to be able to outlaw booing at professional sports events when it comes to fans and the team that they root for. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying there's another side of it. Players are more individual now. They wear their names out there. They're on social media. They can't wait to express how they feel about everything. You can't tell them that fans, their own fans booing them is something that's suddenly off limits. You can. I don't think it's going to go very far. 
and you poll all players in the city of New York, what do you think they're going to say? You put them all in a room together and bring up this topic. You think they're going to side with the fans and say, hey, we'll, we'll shut up every time our fans boo us. Well, what fans fail to acknowledge sometimes is that their team is giving everything that they got. And putting them down, especially when we're talking about sensitive people, we're talking about a society now in the year of 2022 that is as sensitive as it has ever been. Ever. People have never been more sensitive than they are right now. And you tell me that should apply to every walk of life for the exception of professional athletes in the city of New York? I don't know. It's a little short-sighted if you believe that. So once again, and I'll conclude this point by saying, boo if you want to. You pay for your ticket. You pay for your merchandise. If you're not happy with what you're seeing on a basketball court, baseball or football field, a hockey ice, you know, rink, you got the right to express how you feel. You got the right to go up there. We want to bring billboards out there that outlaw the best players on a team if that's what you want. You got the right to. That being said, in a society that has substituted structure for individuality, you can't tell the players not to have any sort of reaction. And if they don't have any physical reaction, if they don't have any uh, reaction to the fans like a thumbs down, it's going to harness inside their chest. They're going to wear it. It's not going to inspire them to play better. It's going to draw more of a rift between them and the fans. They're going to try to win a championship for themselves as opposed to the fans. So like I said, when New York City is opening itself up for millions and millions of people to go down the Canyon of Heroes to see your favorite New York sports team win a championship, don't be surprised if they don't show up. Don't be surprised if they give you the thumbs down and say, hey, we won this championship for ourselves. So today in sports history, we're going to jump in and actually I didn't even get to look at it. So I'm going to go over this real quick with Howard and then we'll get him into it. Um, it just it's something that frustrates me because, listen, I get it. I totally see where the fans element comes from and why the fan is as passionate as they are why the fan wants their team to win and that's what it comes down to you know i think you know if everything's going right if their favorite team's winning every game there ain't gonna be no booing booing usually coincides with their favorite team losing booing uh, you know, make sometimes coincide with somebody, you know, let's say hypothetically, let's say Trevor Bauer pitched for the Mets, you know, and, and he got himself in the mess that he got himself in L.A. And Major League Baseball, because there was never any charges filed against him, um, decides to reinstate him at some point after some suspension. And Trevor Bauer shows up to pitch at City Field. He got the right to boom. He got the right to boo Jose Reyes. For you know, domestic violence against his wife, Aroldis Chapman, Domingo Herman. You know, you if you you despise something that somebody has done, 
you got the right to express that as a fan. Now, that player, I will admit, that player will look a lot worse. That player will look pretty bad. Or all this Chapman or Domingo Herman, you know, flipping off a fan that's booing him because of domestic violence. That's probably a better situation for that player to shut their mouth. And like Rob says, be able to control your emotion. Be smarter than that. And like I said, they're not bad points. But I'm saying even if you do hold it back, even if Julius Randle doesn't say thumbs down, you don't think it's bothering him? You don't think Julius Randle's given everything he's got on the court for the New York Knicks trying to help his team win a game? He had a great season last year. Hey, it hasn't been so great this year. You don't think he's given his best? You think that he's going to be motivated to do better if you boo him? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a flawed line of thinking if that's how you feel. But if Julius Randle or if Francisco Lindor says, all right, I'm not going to express anything to the fans. They're going to boo me. I'm not going to forget it. And I'm telling you, you're in a society right now where players are not going to forget it. And you're going to see it. And I could see it happening in, in, in the city of New York. As happy as I would be as a New York Mets fan to watch the Mets win the World Series and have themselves a parade in Manhattan to celebrate, I wouldn't be surprised if none of the players showed up. Now, listen, you're going to say one event or last year, the Mets struggles and the fans booing the players at City Field are going to be something that they're going to feel forever. I'm just saying that where we are right now, there's as much of a chance as ever for that to happen. And you should be cautious. Just like players on the field should be cautious what they say and do. Julius Randle, by putting his thumb down the other day, pointed a great target on his back. Is going to be ridiculed in New York sports talk radio. Every fan on Twitter says, here we go again. But I'm telling you, as a fan... You might win that battle, but in the end, you're not going to win the war because you're changing the whole complexion of the reason that the players play the game. Now, you say the number one reason that the players play the game is because they're being compensated and compensated well. All right. I take that point. But number two, who are they playing it for? Are they playing it for themselves or are they playing it for the fans? And you know what? In environments where the fans give the best support, you see most teams say, we're going to play for the fans. But if your fans aren't treating you so well, it might take some time. It might not be something that happens overnight. But eventually, the fans are going to alienate the players to a point where they're not playing it for the fans anymore. And listen, it's nice to hit a home run, go around third base, and know that your fans are cheering for you. It's going to happen almost 100% of the time. It's nice to know if you're R.J. Barrett and you hit a, a bank three out of the corner with time expired, the fans are going to be going nuts. But now you're starting to get to individuality, which I keep saying, individuality is changing the whole world which includes sports. 
those players that if they want to could check their own Twitter notifications every day and hear what everybody says about them. And if you are sensitive, you're going to react to that. You're going to be bothered by that. I personally would say, hey, stay away. You know, do I hit a certain point where there's enough people that interact with me that I turn off my notifications? Everybody's got to make that decision at some point. You know, some people may never have to, but certainly any, anybody in the public eye has to make that decision at some point. But the more negativity you read, the more you're going to want to react to it. And like I said, even if you don't respond to it, even if you don't say anything, it weighs on you. And you see the same fans that were booing you, you know, can't wait to try to get your autograph or a picture taken with you. Hey, listen, I heard what you said to me the other day. Hey, is this you on Twitter? You actually said this to me. I think at some point, fans have to reconstruct the whole experience. And like I said, we spend so much time sticking up for the fans. They, they, they pay. They, uh, they, they put their heart and soul in a team. They can't change teams. I get it. I get all those things. I do. I don't understand them, but I, I get it. Why can't I change my favorite? I, listen, I, I know that I can't. And I know that you can't. But you got to acknowledge that society is changing. Once again, structure, which was there to tell everybody what to say and do, is going by the wayside in exchange of individuality. Social media, the fact that you got the right to express yourself no matter who you are. Hey, you're anything now. You could... You could freely express that. And I think that's a good thing, by the way. It's a great thing for society. Whatever you are, whatever makes you different, you know, there there is a lot less, um, you know, judging people based off of their differences. Now, it exists, of course. Prejudice is never going to go away. And, you know, you want to win the war on racism or anti-Semitism or, uh, you know, transgender, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, you know, just allowing people the right to be themselves with, without being treated different. I think we've come as far right now as we ever have before. And part of it is the open-mindedness to individuality, the respect to mental health. Hey, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm having a hard time with mental health. Is Antonio Brown having problems with mental health? Is Ben Simmons dealing with mental health issues? You know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, those players would be cut. Those players would be told, it doesn't matter. You know, get yourself together. Your job is to play this sport. We're paying you this amount of money. If you're not going to play, go do something else with your life. You've seen that change before your eyes. So you tell me that there isn't going to be any sort of change when it comes to players' reaction over fans booing sports teams, especially in the major markets, especially in New York City. I have a hard time believing that. I do. And I think it's I think it's good and bad. It's good. I think for the players because I I I don't think 
they're absorbing this correctly at all. They're not taking it the same way the fans are sending it. If fans are saying, all we want you to do is play better, the players aren't taking it like that anymore. And I think that's a major point that a lot of fans are not paying attention to. Hey, we're the fans. We're trying to motivate you to play better by telling you that your play at this moment sucks. And we, we want it to inspire you. Well, what if you realize that it's having the exact opposite effect? And if players aren't acting out, like I said, if they're not pointing their thumbs down, if they're not flipping you to bird in a crowd like Gary Templeton in 1981, they're letting it sink in. And they're taking that and they're combining it to whatever shit you're saying to them on social media. And like I said, some players are good enough mentally to be able to put that all aside and not read all their comments. And some people aren't. So you're telling me that somebody that's a soft-minded individual might be a great athlete, but isn't going to be able to mentally accept being booed by fans of their own team. These are supposed to be people that are on my side. Like I said, 20, 30, 40 years ago, before the advent of social media, before the destruction of structure and place of individuality, you'd say, hey, just get tougher. I don't know if you could really do that right now. This is Howard Cosell. On today in sports history, the American Football Conference Championship was held at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers, led by the great Terry Bradshaw, defeated the Houston Oilers 34-5. And the NFC Championship held in the LA Memorial Coliseum. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Los Angeles Rams 28-0. This set up the Super Bowl between the Steelers and the Cowboys. Today, in 1980, the Minnesota Stars, right? I think in uh, hockey, defeated the Philadelphia Flyers to end the Flyers' NHL record 35-game unbeaten streak. That's today in sports history, and this is Howard Cosell. Thanks again, Howard. And we're going to be working on a couple other segments we're going to work into the show. Hopefully make it a little more entertaining, make it stand out a little more. Uh, you may not like that one. Maybe you'll like the next segment that I throw into the show. But you know, I do want to just recap the major point that I'm trying to make here. And you know, what I try to do, and I and maybe I do this to a fault sometimes, is I always do want to pull out that olive branch towards those that may not agree with me. Because I think I'll, I'll take a lot of heat sometimes. They'll say, oh man, you just don't like the fans. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. Because I am, more than anything, a fan. I'm a fan just like you. I don't think I'm any better than you. Yeah, I may get upset about things. There may be things that bother me. But I express how I feel. The issue is not with the fans. 
but it is about the change in society and culture that you're seeing before your eyes. Structure is replaced with individuality, and because of that, players are going to speak their minds. If they're not going to speak their minds, over time they're going to let these things build and become a bigger issue over time. And I think you should factor that in as a fan. I'm not saying sit here and never be upset. I'm not saying never throw up your hands, never say, oh, man, you know, never boo in a, in a, in a situation where you're like, man, what, what, kind of, what kind of play calls are they calling here in this particular football game? You know, why are you taking this pitcher out? He's throwing a no-hitter. You know, all, all things like that. You got the right, your own individuality is just as valuable as the player's. But I think it's time that you start to think about this battle that you think that there's no way you're ever going to lose. Because I think you could win individual battles. You could beat the Mets and Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez. You could beat the Knicks and Julius Randle. But in the end, when you're losing respect from the very players that you're supposed to be supporting, and they get it in their head, but the fans ain't on their side... They go out there and win a championship for themselves. Well, again, nobody to blame but the fans and the way they treated their own players. We'll be back with you next week. This is another edition of the Passball Show. Feel free if you uh, are listening to this, whether it's on YouTube, you could download the podcast, which you could get on Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Any way you find your podcast, just type in Passball Show. P-A-S-S-E-D-B-A-L-S-H-O-W. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore P-L-E. Email me, J-R-P-L-E at gmail.com. We'll be back with you soon with another edition of the Past Ball Show. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series. I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude who believes a dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if, if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.